0: Low Verge family and others who are tuning in, I am so glad you are here today. I am feeling personally really encouraged. The Lord has filled my heart with a lot of joy today because despite all that's happening in the world, the fear that plagues us more than COVID-19 at times, is God is moving. He is on the throne and he cares. I'm reminded during the season of Matthew 7, 11, where Jesus tells his disciples, the 12 disciples, he says this, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Our perception of good gifts does not compare to what God has for us and for those who ask him. I am an evil man. We are evil people, but Jesus still says you're able to give good gifts. But now imagine a person who isn't evil, who's perfectly and purely perfect. How much better do you think his gifts are for those who ask? You ask in Jesus' name, and what a great promise in Scripture that is. One of my personal favorite verses in Scripture is Matthew 7, 8. This says, for everyone who asks receives, and those who seek finds, and those who knock, the door will be open. To summarize this with all other passages in scriptures is, you have not because you ask not. Some of us don't receive gifts from God because our faith won't ask Him. God, God wants to give good gifts. He truly does. Romans 8.32 tells us that He already gave us the best gift in the universe, which is His Son. God the Father gave Jesus Christ as our propitiation for our sins. Amen. But when it comes to asking for gifts, though, we have to appreciate how God gives the gifts just as much as what the gift is. James 1.17 tells us this, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Good imperfect gift. Two different Greek words here. Roughly in Greek, this tells us every good giving and every perfect gift. The way God gives a gift is just as good as the gift itself. What does this mean for us? COVID-19. You could have been praying for more time with your friends, with your family, maybe a break from the noise. And how did God give that? I mean, you might be saying, oh, I'm socially distant from my friends, so obviously he didn't answer that. But you got to take a step back of like, what other things have you been praying for? What things have been on your mind? Again, I can't speak for God, but through COVID-19, perhaps this is a gift the way he's giving it that we have to appreciate just as much as what the gift is itself. Before we get into our topic for today, I wanted you to apply this truth to your life. God doesn't execute decisions blindly. He doesn't mess up. The way he gives gift is just as important as the gift is itself. Think through your life right now and look at the things God has given you. Now think how they were given to you. Was it hard? Was it easy? Joyful? Painful? What things did you learn in the giving of the gift before the gift was brought? I want you to reflect on that truth today. Some of you are going through deep water. Some of you are joyful. But how is God given a gift? Think of the how it's given and what it is. Now, though, we have to quickly transition into our time together and our topical question for the day. Our question today is, how can I know if someone is truly sorry? Or say it another way, Is how do I know if I or someone else is truly repentant? Wouldn't this be a great tool just to have? You can look at someone and know if they are truly sorry. Before I dive again into the study, I want to make something clear. is man cannot know the heart perfectly, only God knows the heart and if it is truly changed. But within God's revelation, God gives us tools to look at the fruit of people's lives, the actions, the choices that they make, and see if they align with Scripture and see if they add up. We can approach situations with God's Word and look at the lives of others and ourselves to see if we are truly sorry. How can you know? I believe Scripture gives us a framework to these situations. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 9-11. through I believe this gives us a framework when we approach these situations to answer the question, can we know if people are truly sorry? But, here is God's word. As it is, I rejoice. Not because you are grieved, but because you are grieved into repenting. For you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. For we see what earnestness this godly grief produced in you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment, at every point you proved yourselves innocent in the matter." How do I know if someone is truly sorry? Well, our text gives us two paths. One path, repentance that leads to life, and another path that leads to death. These paths are godly grief and worldly sorrow. Godly grief and worldly sorrow. We've all seen worldly sorrow before. This is a person or yourself who is only sorry because they were caught they're sorry because their lives are affected by their mistakes and they don't really care about how their actions affected you. Our text teaches us how to look for godly grief in others and in ourselves. How can I know if someone is truly sorry? This text breaks it down for us. Within godly grief, within godly grief rather, we see a list of verbs in verse 11. A truly sorry person will be able to check off each of these areas while they are in to see if they are genuinely repentant. Our text tells us what earnestness, what eagerness, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, and what punishment to prove yourselves innocent. So what does each of these words mean and how can I apply them to my situations today? Earnestness means that you have an intense conviction over something. You feel it in your bones that you did something wrong. Eagerness means you are motivated to get something done. You want to mend the relationship. Indignation means that you are angry that you wronged someone. Your actions produce in you anger because you affected a relationship. This is a righteous anger that gets things done. Anger is a very proactive emotion. Fear here is having a proper view of your sin before God. What fear is sin because it corrupted your vertical relationship what poisons your horizontal one. Fear here puts you in your place before God. You not only sinned and wronged against someone, but your sin is an offense to God. Longing here is you crave for the relationship to be healed. Just as you long for Chick-fil-A, you long for the relationship to be mended. Zeal means you are passionate about the reconciliation. You are zealous to fix it. Zeal equals great energetic passion in fixing the problem. That is zeal. And punishment. The last and most revealing A truly sorry person recognizes what they did was wrong and they agree with the punishment that comes with it. You see your wrong in the eyes of the offended and say, I know what I did was wrong and I agree with the punishment that comes with it. Isn't this framework though? We just walk through 2 Corinthians 7, 9 through 11. I want you to recognize something about this framework. Isn't that like our relationship Christ salvation comes within the same framework practically all these same categories must be filled to reconcile your relationship with Christ and yet we try to lower the bar for our friends and family and more often with ourselves here's the revealing marker if you struggle and don't have this in mind when you go after other people If you don't have this framework in mind, when you try to say you're sorry with someone, or if you don't care about this framework, you most likely don't have it in your relationship with Christ. If you can't truly be sorry with your friends, what makes you think you can be genuinely sorry to God for your sins? Your horizontal relationships will always give evidence to what your vertical relationship with God looks like. Again, you can ask yourself the question. How can I know if someone, or if I, am truly sorry? Well, go through the list. Look at the two paths. Are you a person, are you or the other person saying they're sorry? Do you display earnestness, eagerness, indignation, fear, longing, zeal, and punishment? Assess yourself or the person who offended you who's trying to say they're sorry. You can have a clear picture if someone or yourself is genuinely sorry or not. God's word is practical. Doctrine is practical. God gives us tools to be able to approach every situation and be like, how can I walk in righteousness today? That is how you can know if someone is truly sorry. Go through 2 Corinthians 7, 9 through 11, and that will give you the tools to do so. Thank you for joining me today. And next week, we're going to be unpacking Lamentations 3. A Little Hope Goes a Long Way is our title there. Again, my name is Foster Toff, and this is with featured music from Daniel Asher, and this is VergeCast. See you next time.